Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. My special guest today is Christopher Carr, president and founder of Ferrotech. Chris, welcome to the show today. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're with us. So, tell tell us a little bit about what Ferrotech does at a high level. Sure, sure. So we are a um, a digital marketing agency. We're located mm-hmm. out of outside of Philadelphia. But mm-hmm. you know how like you go and you you think, hey, I want to try to develop. Uh, I want to. I have a company. I want to try to market my products or services. But at the end of the day, it's very unclear the amount of money that you put in versus the amount of money that you get out. And so, you know, obviously the traditional mm. that would be ROI. Yeah. We sort of developed a system over the last 20 years that is very ROI focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we've done is we've essentially found a way to develop a system that generates leads, nurtures leads into co- clients, and then converts those clients into uh, brand ambassadors or, or essentially raving fans. Sure. Right, right, right. Word yeah, of mouth. At heart, but at the heart of it, mm-hmm. you know, we're helping companies understand how to scale and how to essentially know for every dollar that I put in the mm-hmm. exact output of what I'm going to get out. So what would you say is the biggest problem you solve for your clients? Well, I mean, I think a lot of times they do what, what we kind of call like RAM. I, I don't know where I heard that from, but I stole that term from somebody and RAM is random acts of marketing. And what uh-huh. I mean by that is, is that, you know what, like you get, you know, the average company or the CEO or something mm-hmm. like that, they get an idea and then they chase down that idea. And then maybe Christmas comes along and they sprint to get ready for that, or they have a trade show. Mm-hmm. And what they're not doing is they're not building a system that compounds on one, one another. Right. They're just basically chasing hunches, non- notion, you know, mm-hmm. like others that they have in the back of their mind. Mm-hmm. But when it's done right, the, the, the data tells a very good story. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. Like with our system, when the date, when it's done right, data will tell the story. Uh, we literally develop a, a book this thick. It's a three to five year. <laughs> it's a three to five year roadmap. Got it. Got an entire scorecard, and it tells you exactly how to five x or ten x your, your business. Like we're not guessing. We we have uh-huh. the data, the goals, and the KPIs to get us where we we need to go. And uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. got about a ninety three percent retention rate. And so what that Very sort good. of means to us is, over twenty years, you know, we've sort of figured out how to get clients just really motivated and, and to, to, to see the vision, to embrace the vision and to get really great results. Mm-hmm. And you're public or you're private, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're a private company. Okay. Uh, have, have you, have you sought venture capital? Have you bootstrapped? How have you built the company, Chris? Ironically, like I'm, I'm too boutique of a, now no, it sounds like too snobby. What I mean by that is, is that I'm too, uh, I, I like the culture that we built. I like all of the elements of what we built, whether mm-hmm. we did it on purpose or whether we forest gumped our way there. <laughs> as soon as I take outside money, they're going to tell me what to do and how to do it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And if I, I mean, let me keep in mind that I don't have that much of that. Very possible that, that it doesn't, but me knowing my 
how I sort of operate. Mm-hmm. As soon as I feel like I'm beholden to somebody, I don't feel like it's mine. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that if I could do it and protect all the things that are near and dear to me, consider it. it, but it's, I'm just yeah. not in that spot mm-hmm. right now. And in, to tell you the truth is I don't entirely know what I want. And, and I don't mean that in a non-visionary way. I'm saying um, my kids are young. I might, I might consider giving this to my kids one day, or I might try to cash out at the end of this rainbow. I haven't gotten to that part of the journey. We are just, mm-hmm. we just really love marketing. And so that's right. what we do every day. And um, we're going to figure out the other stuff as we go. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that they, that all of these leaders tell me that I, I need to know that. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, you know what, maybe I do, but we're doing just fine. And we have, we're, mm-hmm. we're happy with where we're at. We feel very successful. Our clients, mm-hmm. you know, I, I barely have to market. My clients are do my marketing for me. And mm-hmm. So we're, we're just in a good spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's really yeah. fantastic. So uh, you got out of school um, a while back and you spent you spent a year uh, doing one job. And then you you went uh, and spent about four years as a project manager and a web developer before you started your company 20 years ago. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the impetus behind, like, what had you start your own <coughs> business? And tell us about the genesis of your company from 20 years ago and, and how, how, how it's, yeah. you know, where it started, if you've pivoted where you've been yeah. and work to, you know, to where you are today. Sure. You know, I mean, there's the, um, there's the, there's the cool marketing version and the, the entrepreneurial genius version. And then there's the reality version. And I, it's somewhere, it lives somewhere in between. Sure. The, the, the origin of this is I dated a girl in college and the, keep in mind, this is in 1999. And I thought, mm-hmm. I could build this website. She was an artist. We had broken up and I was going to say, you know what? The Casanova that I am, I'm going to put her artwork on this thing called a web page, and it's going to be so remarkable and wonderful. And I tried to hire a guy, <laughs> he did terrible. And then hired another guy, he did terrible. And by the time I, you know, I got to a point where I'm like, the hell with it. I'll, I'll learn it myself. And by the time mm-hmm. I'd done all that, I wasn't even talking to the girl anymore. And before I knew it, I'm building websites for small little companies. And, you know, you wake up one day and, one website turns into two websites and three websites turns into one employee. And then 20 years later, you're an overnight success with, (laughs) with payroll that gives you kidney stones. Right. You know what I mean? And honestly, that's, that's, it's like a very finding Nemo Mm -hmm. type thing. It's just like, you just keep swimming. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But, um, developed a serious love for marketing, Mm -hmm. um, and started out in web development Mm -hmm. and then, a buddy of mine started an SEO company and the best thing about his SEO company is it was reoccurring revenue. And when I started to get into web and reoccurring revenue through SEO, I started to be able to scale and figure out, Hey, how do I hire other people so that right. we can grow faster mm-hmm. and without reoccurring revenue and you're always hunting, you're just like, what happens if I don't land a sale that much? Right. You know what I mean? That's right. And so when I got into reoccurring revenue, I had clients saying, you build a great website. We're on the first page of Google, but the phone is still not ringing. And so that's mm. when we really got into what we call conversion science. Uh. And the conversion science is sort of what separates us from most marketing companies. It's mm-hmm. just like we, we really developed a very small, uh, a strong niche of clients that, that we can help scale mm-hmm. because we're able to communicate very effectively on how to build systems. So it started in web moved to SEO. Now it's web SEO and mm-hmm. conversion science. A lot of, a lot of what we say with conversion science is, is 
a term called inbound marketing that was made right. famous by HubSpot. Right. How, do you, how do you convert people to reaching out to you? That's right. Yeah. But I'm not all in on HubSpot. What I mean by that is, is that I'm as, I'm as married to outbound marketing as I am to inbound marketing. It just really depends on what, what you as a, as a, as a company need, you know, right. like if you're a disruptive company, you probably might not have enough inbound. That's right. Right. Sure. Cause you're evangelizing. Exactly. Like people don't even know yeah. that you exist or what your strategic That's right. is. It's like, what would they even type mm-hmm. into Google? You know what I mean? They don't even, you're, you're solving a problem that pe- they, they, people know at the macro level, that's a problem, but they don't, mm-hmm. they haven't, they haven't narrowed it down into the focus that you have for the reason that you started that company. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, yeah, so no, I, I do. Yeah. That, then you're going to have to do some interruption marketing. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to really attack the problem. And then, you know, after that, you know, companies that have disruptive companies often are technology based. So now it's not just about, excuse the expression, like scalps on the wall. It's not always about mm-hmm. new clients. Mm-hmm. You got to retain the ones you got. Mm-hmm. If I give you a bucket and I put a, you know, five new clients in there, but three slip out, like mm-hmm. we're not get very far. Right. Exactly. So, so who, you know, who generally is your prospect base? Yep. Well, ironically, this is the weirdest thing in the world. And it just sort of worked out this way. I'm like 52% business to business to business and 48% business to consumer. That's really interesting. I know. And it just, it just worked out that way. And it forced my staff to know both. It forced my staff to know both. You know what I mean? And so that's kind <laughs> of that's a very different sale for them. It it is. It is. So we're really big in the healthcare space, particularly like orthopedics. Okay. I noticed that. Yeah. Yep. But even in orthopedics, there's business to business within orthopedics. And what I mean by that is, is that a lot of our out a lot of our approach will be to other physicians who will refer more leads. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we we also communitize the business to business approach. So like if, if you were, let's say hypothetically you're an orthopedic surgeon, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to look on Facebook and this is Bob Smith. And right. He right. likes to take long walks on the beach, but he also has a bad back. <laughs> right. He's not going to tell you that he's a bad, he has a bad course. back, right? Yeah. But if I know Bob Smith is a cyclist and I know that anybody who's cycled longer than three to five years has a bad back, bad knees and bad joints. Now I can work backwards and say, Hey, you know what? Let's find these people that basically create pain for themselves. Where do they live? What do they communicate? Sure. What do they read? And now, rather than going after one client at a time, I'm going after one community at a time. Mm-hmm. And so, I know, even though that's still business to consumer, yeah. once I put them in a group or a bucket, mm-hmm. you start to think of them, you know, your business to business muscles kick in and you think, oh man, where do they live? What do they do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, it's just interesting. So, so you know, would you say you have specific competitors out there? I mean, there are a lot of companies out there saying, you know, yeah, we do marketing. We're going to fix all this for you. Yep. Um, so if you look out there at all these companies, um, you know, where are you finding your competition? You know, where are you fitting in among your competition? And what are some of the biggest challenges you're having? No, I don't mean to say that we don't have any competition because we absolutely do. Everyone um, does. Well, some. You know, you know what I mean? But yeah. marketing, what's great about marketing is it's such a blue ocean type thing. And I, yeah. I think digital, digital marketer has this incredible stat that, you know, even if every company in the world only used agencies, you know what I mean? And basically agencies didn't have to hunt to, to live. Mm-hmm. Every agency could effectively have 25 to 30 clients and we'd all be fed. <laughs> right. does, does that make sense? In other words, yeah. there's that many companies compared yeah. to agencies. You know, it's right. just the ratio is in our favor for sure. You know what I mean? Um, 
that there's, that there's I, a lot that there's a lot of business <coughs> out there for you. Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I know it sounds terrible, but like, I'm actually friends with other agencies in my space. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you lose a bid and even though you're emotionally attached to it, you're kind of mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it's like a bus. You're like, I'll get the next one. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy that that's there. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is though, is, is that what we're really looking for are a good fit. That's a win-win for the both of us. Sure. If I don't know how to describe it other than if you're a company that has aggressive growth goals and you're willing to dive into the science and nerd out on this stuff and love this stuff, mm-hmm. then we help those companies crush it. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, do you have a, do you have a particular average deal size or does it depend on the size of the company you're selling to? Well, I mean, the, the, the ongoing retainer, you know, you're probably looking between eight and $10,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, our largest clients tap out probably at around 20 to 30,000, not 20, I'm 29 to 30,000 a month. Okay. That's my, that's my largest clients. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Okay. Well, and those are probably much larger companies, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a, there's a weird tipping point where we have what's called a team-based approach, which means that marketing is moving too fast and companies mm-hmm. that say, Oh, I got a marketing guy or gal. It's too much for that person. Unfortunately. Right. And then that person's going to either, they're going to either look for multiple different vendors mm-hmm. or continue to hire internally. And mm-hmm. you can just wake up one day and you just got a lot of money out there, you know, mm-hmm. just a lot of money going out. And every time you change your message or you want to do something, you got to call eight different vendors and hope they're all swimming in the right directions. Mm-hmm. Our team-based approach is we spend a lot of money on our own team. Yeah. Subject matter experts. And so then you get to hire experts only at the portion that you need them. You don't need a full-time, you might not need a full-time SEO guy. You might not need a full-time social media guy. But what you're going to do here is we're going to develop the gap assessment. I'm going to tell you what you need and I'm going to carve out pieces of their time. Excellent. And then all of a sudden, if you're not, sorry, if you're not on the first page of Google, Mm -hmm. I know it sounds weird, but it's, it's actually harder sometimes to fire people than it is to hire people. In other words, there's a lot of companies where there's just dead word, dead, dead wood employees that are just sitting there that are just getting very limited results. Mm-hmm. With us, if there's a certain portion that you don't like, you say, Chris, social media is not working. And I'm like, okay, that person's out. I've got someone else that can come in. Right. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm almost become a little bit of your virtual HR, your virtual bench. Yeah. Well, listen, that's that's a very that's a really smart way to do business, right? Um, if something's not working for you, you're able to you're able to, you know, pull that person off the, you know, out of the dugout and put them, you know, put them on the the, the you know, put somebody else on the bench or put somebody else up to bat, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, and it's, and they're already trained. They already know our system. They mm-hmm. already know our science. Mm-hmm. It's just maybe their approach is different. Yeah. How many employees do you have currently? We have 20 employees, but okay. with our part-timers, we're probably around 52. Okay. So 20 full-time employees. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of writers. Content is, content is a good portion of what we do. And so. Right. So that's where, that's yep. where all your part-time people come in. Right. Yep. Yeah. So if you can, if you look over, you know, over the past 20 years, um, what kind of turnover in your full-time people have you had? And why do you think that is? Well, that's been very interesting because we know what the industry standard is, you know, which is, which, which, you know, the average person in my space only stays for about three years. Okay. That's, that has not been true for us. We've, we've found some really, really great people. We have a, a, a program where they're going to be able to grow and scale and, and, and Great. find upward mobility. Mm. And I also find that people enjoy some of the flexible benefits. It's, it's kind of weird. COVID 
sort of ruined it for me in the aspect of we have an office here that they can come work there, but then they can also enjoy like the luxuries of working from home. Yep. All that working from home has kind of been standardized, you know, which is a little bit of a bummer, but Mm -hmm. we, we try as hard as we can to be as respectful with our people Mm -hmm. and give them, give them the time that they need and just know it's, you know, it's a little bit more of a family based approach, which has been Mm -hmm. wonderful. You know, we we back Mm -hmm. each other up, stuff like that. And we don't, we don't have, turnover we don't have much turnover you know maybe you know, with 20 people we're probably looking at we might lose one and high on average we've been about hiring two or three and we've been losing maybe one a year okay that's fantastic so uh, what it sounds like is what do you attribute to is it is it culture is it money is it the work they're doing like what's keeping people with you it's a great question um i think that we only have project manager our project managers or account managers if i can speak to them mm-hmm. They only get to have five clients. And so what happens is, is that eventually those clients almost feel like kids or they almost feel like family. And I feel like they, <laughs> they don't feel like they're drowning in client work the yeah. same way that the average person was where mm-hmm. they know these people personally, they know these companies personally. And I think that they get involved in their success. And so that, you know, it's almost like when they're not working and they're in the shower, they're thinking about their clients and they're doing mm-hmm. these things. And I've just found people that love marketing and love doing the job and love serving people and doing all those things. And I think Mm. they find a lot of value in that. Um, From the other side, we have the biggest bunch of nutballs that have ever like, they're, they're just fun and they're crazy. And if you can read like our internal threads, they keep it light as possible. I just sent out a newsletter that we call the state of the union. And Mm -hmm. I'd say 12% of it is news and 80% of it is just, like the silliest side of our company. Mm-hmm. So there's always little things all the time that, you know, if you're not laughing, you're not trying. And that's what's been fun about this place. Yeah. So if I were, if I were um, a new employee to your company, what mm-hmm. would I notice kind of, let's say in my first, in my first days, you know, weeks or a few months in the company yeah, from a cultural gotta, standpoint um, specifically? how do I say this other than like you, these guys have come to work. They really enjoy what they do. They love their craft. They're really good at that. Yeah. But like if you, if you can't, if you can't keep at that pace, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's kind of weird. It's just like, you know, this thing's a rocket ship and mm-hmm. you know, everyone's pulling their weight. Everyone's rowing in the right direction. Everyone's helping each other mm-hmm. out. And we're all very focused on that. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is that if you come in and you're not a team player, you're not going to do those things, or you're just not coming to work, mm-hmm. you're going to be found out very quickly. Right. And you know, the, all of our employees get a new employees, get a 90 day tryout. And, you know, unfortunately sometimes. Yeah. When, when you make hiring mistakes, what do you think is at the root of those things? I get fooled in interviews, meaning I get fooled by resumes. I am very good at, if you are on the creative space, I'm very good at finding talent from a creative level. Mm -hmm. Hardest thing I can't find out is if you are what we call a GSD, can you get shit done? Because (laughs) I can get very smart people, right? Talented people. But for some reason, it's just, they just can't execute. And when they can't execute, deliverables are, are the, are, are the, the fuel. That's, 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 I mean, that's at the root of your, the, the root of your business, the hub really. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, and so that's, that's one of the problems. Um, 
I mean, one of the things that we do that's very unique is that we make people try out for the job, which means we do the formal interview on day one, and then they come in, and then they have to present my sales presentation back to me in front of our leadership team. Mm -hmm. Super nerve-wracking, right? And we try to rattle you, but it's all of that's done, you know, on purpose. Mm. Because if you can survive the gauntlet, you can survive the client. So you do that, yet you still, you know, to your point, you still sometimes get fooled, right? As you said. So yep. after going through the whole process, <coughs> yep. is it, are, are you missing asking some questions? Or are you just not asking yeah. the right questions? Yeah. Or, and, do you, and do you feel people are just trying to snow you over? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes yeah. you just fall, sometimes you just fall in love. You know what I mean by that? They dazzle, they say all the right things, they do mm-hmm. all the right things, their slide yeah. deck looks good, mm-hmm. and they're a good show pony. But just because you can do that doesn't mean that you can go in and 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 get it done mm-hmm. and and work with others, delegate yeah. to others, do all that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We are we are very much against victim mentality. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's Yes, that's I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so we are always trying to like say, you know what? You, the buck stops with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't work out, it's like a lot of it comes down to ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, another another way of saying that is being accountable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um you know, and, 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 you know, we can talk about this later, but, you know, there's certainly questions you can ask to determine are people being accountable. And, and I will, sure. I will offer some of that to you when, when we're off air, but um, so what would you say is the most outdated advice in your industry that people might still be giving out? And you're like, I don't know why they're telling people that. Well, you know, the, the, the argument that I have is that when you think about marketing, right. Mm-hmm it's very easy to wake up one day and realize that you built everything on sand. It's like you built your house on sand. So you think, Hey, you know what? I just got to be on the first page of Google. Well, you know, you you could be one algorithm change about losing 40% or 50% of your traffic. Hmm. You don't own Google and that can happen. Mm-hmm. You could say, Oh, you know what? I'm going to be really good at Facebook, right? There's companies that spend millions and millions of dollars and then Mark adjusted his algorithm. And so 40% of the things that you used to see for free is now down to two. And now you're SOL. <laughs> yeah. And you think, well, those days are behind us, right? Mm-hmm. Well, literally Apple, you familiar with what Apple did two weeks ago, three weeks ago? You mean so with, Apple, with, with, yeah. I, I, yeah. With yeah. not, not uh, allowing Facebook to have your information if you don't want to. I mean, they basically just rearranged the vocab. They were already asking this question anyway. But they were literally asking it in a new way. It says, do you want businesses to track you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And everyone's like, hooray for privacy. But you know what? Like, it makes, as a marketer, it's very hard. It's much harder for us. We haven't felt, we don't know the impact yet. It's too right. soon to know that. It's going to take some time. But I, I almost think that you don't think you want to be tracked. It's creepy, right? Mm-hmm. But if I'm looking for a hairdryer and then all of a sudden my ads are about washing machines and pet, That's right. pet food, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like I find that I make better decisions when I have more information. And so when they track me, I get better ads and better mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know this product existed. So yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's weird because I joke yeah. around. So I ride a bike, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm on a bike. These cars are out to get me. They could murder me. They could, I'm, I'm one car away from just them hitting me. Yeah. Putting in the hospital. Yep. Who do they think right. they are when I'm in a car? <laughs> 
and there's a biker on the side of the road, I'm like, who do they think they are? That oh they think that they, they can just take over the road at five miles per hour. And we all have to just, you know what I mean? And so it really depends on what share you're in. Mm-hmm. So I'm pro privacy, but I'm also pro give me the information I want mm-hmm. because I'd rather make a better decision because I have more data mm-hmm. than yeah. hope that my, that my research skills Mm-hmm. found me the products and services that I wanted. Right. And, and that's exactly what, you, you know, people it's because so often I think people just, they listen to a sound bite on the news. Yeah. And, I'm, and it's a whole long, much longer conversation that we don't have time for, but they listen to a sound bite and they think, Oh yeah, that's the way I, I don't want them tracking me. You know? And then you, then you see an interview, uh, an interview with Zuckerberg who says, well, yeah, we're not happy about that, but here's the thing. Now you're just going to get all kinds of ads that are not relevant to you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess it's a balancing act and people have to determine. I think people need to have all the information and from that they need to determine, yep. do I want to be tracked so that at least the advertising I get is based on you know what, what I want to see or do yep. I want to just do that research on my own and figure it out? Yeah. I mean, you like, know, I know how I, I know how I am, but you know, everybody is I not know. me. Well, and I don't think I ignore I think ads like, on Facebook. I know that's mostly because I can't stand Facebook. Yeah. I we're in the same camp, but you know yeah. what? Like, I wish that there could be adjustments very easily. Like, dude, mm-hmm. I don't have a dog. Stop marking right. me about dog food now. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you don't mm-hmm. know me anymore because you're yeah. not tracking. You don't know. Right. me. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? It was better when you knew me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yikes. So, you know what I mean? It's, we don't know what world we're living in. We know we hate the negative, uh-huh. but I'm finding, and this is another tangent, but I'm finding that this whole world has been throw out, the, throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, this. I find that so much in life right now in the last four to five years has been one massive overreaction after another. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> it's just crazy. Right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you mentioned when we, when I asked you about who your, who your prospect base is, you said you do a lot in healthcare, but you know, is it, I'm sure that's not all that you do. Yeah, we do. We do a lot of SaaS. We do a lot of cyber, do a lot of insurance. Um, Mm -hmm. here's how you, here's how you know is, is that when our, the way our technology works is, is that we're going to. When someone comes to your website, we're going to put tracking code on their computer or cookies on their computer. Right. Yeah. Every time they engage with your website, I'm going to give them more and more points based upon what they do on your website. Okay. So if I create really great content, they're not going to buy on the first time they come to my website. No, of course not. They might research and they, you know what I mean? And your mm-hmm. sales team is going to know that these people are now in a buying pattern. You know what I mean? They've, they've come back a couple different times. The depth of the pages that they look at are, are right. significantly different than the people that are just dipping their toe in the water. And so what mm-hmm. happens here is that we serve the clients really well that, that their ticket, let's say that their product is over a thousand dollars and the people that come back just want to research. They want to know before they buy. Mm-hmm. If it's a transactional business, um, we're not as great there. In other words, yeah. we don't just sell hammers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We want to tell, we work with clients that want to clearly communicate why they're better than their competition. Mm-hmm. Right. Why so, your problem is bigger than you think. Right. So if a company comes to you uh, and they're basically selling that commodity, are you are you going to do the do the best thing for them and, and say, we're probably not the best agency for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's going to be pretty clear. I think one of the things that we have to figure out is even if you have a transactional element to your business, mm-hmm. is that all you are? 
because I think the main thing, and I, you know, if I don't emphasize this enough is, is that it takes two months to build this book. Sure. It's not, you know what I mean? And so I know way, way, way more information about you, your industry, your client, your, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so even if only if a portion of your business is transactional, mm-hmm. there could be things that we could do for you, but I'm going to let the data do the talking. I'm going to let all that stuff, I'm going to give you all the information mm-hmm. you need, and then you're going to decide. Mm-hmm. And ironically, that's how we do our entire campaign. Every single month, every single quarter, you get reports and mm-hmm. I give you all the information and then we're going to decide together. So if you say, well, makes sense. <laughs> they say, Faratech, you're not getting it done. I'm just talking hyperbole here. Mm-hmm. Like, well, which part don't you agree with? Because you both, we both agreed on this together. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of times that's how a partner works. Mm-hmm. A vendor just says, hey, I'm going to just do this thing. Right. And I, if I'm right, I'm right. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know what I mean? We fire vendors. If a good partner is a good partner, we, we chose this together. Sure. We win together and we lose mm-hmm. together, you know? So, you know, I think the other part of the partnership thing from a marketing perspective is at the end of the day, nine times out of 10, you just want new clients or better clients. Mm-hmm. And if you say, Hey, I want new clients. And I say, well, guess what? I get you 9,000 new Facebook followers. I'm like that doesn't pay the bills. Right. You know, I need, Contact us forms filled. I need first time appointments filled. I need right. whatever it is that's that right. we agreed to in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a partner is accountable for that. And a vendor just says, oh, I brought traffic to your website. I'm out. Pay me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned that that you have a partner in the business. When did you bring that individual on and why? And what yeah. is the value that uh, he or yep. she is bringing to the business? Yeah. Well, you sort of wake up one day and you, and you can't be good at all things. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at a lot of things. <laughs> right. And so he came in 13 years into the business and now he runs operations. Okay. So I get to dream it. I get to sit with clients and we sort of mm-hmm. just blast the vision. Yeah. And then I hand it to him and I'm just kind of like, get on it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And he puts it, he puts it to use. Right. In other words, he, all the account managers and stuff, they adopt it and he makes sure the account managers. Got it. Are working with the project managers and, and the, the production mm-hmm. team to get everything done. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely formalized the business, which has been wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, um, I believe that I'm in kind of like my unique superhero position in the company. And it's like the weirdest thing ever, but the more I talk, the more the company makes and I can't figure out why or how, but I, I'm not going <laughs> <all> to <I> do it. <laughs> That's great. And so if I'm sitting, planning my calendar yeah. or reading emails, I haven't read emails in 12 years. I've had an assistant do that. You know, I mean, read yeah. it on weekends and I'm sounding more heroic than I really am, but I'm just not a great communicator in that way. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I'm, I'm a completely yeah. oral communicator. Yeah. And I'm the same Rit- way. The written word is not my, is not my wheelhouse. Yep. And audiobooks too. Yeah. In other words, I crush an audiobook a week. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Isn't that funny? Yeah. 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 I listen and, to, I listen to books when I'm out horseback riding, um, yeah. you know, when I'm at the gym, uh, when I'm yep. fixing supper, <laughs> you know, whatever, yeah. whenever I get an yeah. opportunity that I'm not at my desk, when I'm in the truck, yeah. driving to, driving to the ranch, you know, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. But you can wake up one day and you, you think that 
like they should be mind readers because I think this bad habit that so maybe someone you, like you and I have is is that we read it and we answer it in our mind, but we just right. never typed it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And then yeah. clients are like, hey, were you going to answer me on that? I'm like, oh man, I, yeah, I had already figured this out for you. I just never yeah. sent it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have yeah. that issue sometimes. I have to, I really have yeah. to literally write everything down. Otherwise I will forget. I had, a, I had yeah. an interview earlier today um, that I had scheduled last week and completely forgot to send an invite out. I'm like, okay. yeah. Do you know what, yeah. do you know what, a, I've heard of a tool called Voxer? I've heard of it. Yeah. So Voxer is, it's the same thing as text message, but it's all audio based. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I have all my employees in particular, my assistant. And as soon as I get off this, say this call, right? Mm-hmm. We end this call and you and I talk about one or two things and it's great. Mm-hmm. I'm programmed after 12 years to go there and just say, Christy, this is what I learned on the call. This is what our next step should be. Yeah, very Write good. this email and talk to these two people. Go. Yep. Fantastic. And, you know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. that's how I live because- if I leave it for later, I, I'll leave it. I'm leaving it to chance. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. I'm exactly the same way. You know, I, I know people who will keep, who will wait till the very end of the day to do all their email responses, everything yeah. like that. If I wait till the end of the day, I will not get it done. I know. I I, I envy them. I, I do. Yeah, I, I, I just, that's just not who I am. I know. I know. Yeah. I have to. And people will be like, why are you sending this to me on a weekend? I'm like, because it's in my head now, because right. if, if I, I wait, Monday, yeah, otherwise I, I have to go to my desk. I have to write myself a note or a reminder and it won't be. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yep. And I'm passionate about it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, 20 full-time employees, um, you know, where do you see yourself growing? I mean, are you happy where you are currently, the size yeah. of your company, financially, what you're bringing in? Are you looking to say, you know what, we really would like to grow X amount over the next three years or whatever that might look like. Like, where are you? Yeah. Where's your head on that? I mean, from a revenue model, uh, I'd like to get to around $10 million. I mm-hmm. would like to keep my in, my staff as lean as possible. Okay. I would like my employees to be paid as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I haven't figured out is how to get out in any way, shape or form. And what I mean by that is, do I sell this thing? I don't know. Do I have oh, yeah. one? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the part I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, I also um, I also try to keep the company nimble enough that we don't know what we don't know, and there might like be this very good this 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 idea that we have, mm-hmm. and Faratech becomes seventy percent of my life, and then I take on another another project that's thirty mm-hmm. percent of my time. You know, I just I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I'd like to write. Uh, I'm I'm in marathon training for my first Ted talk next year. Um, so that should be cool. Awesome. And so I just don't know where it's going. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'm well, enjoying the ride. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I really love that you recognize the, the realm of you don't know what you don't know, because uh, I refer to that as a blind spot. Yeah. And, you know, for most of, for most of us, we work in the realm of, you know what you know, and you know what you don't know. Yeah. And the question is, how do you get into those blind spots to bring them out? Because that's where, that's where the genius happens, in my opinion. That's where transformation occurs. That's where everything happens, is in the yeah. blind spots. Once those blind spots are uncovered. Yep. And, you yeah. know, you horseback ride, right? I, mm-hmm. I ride a bike. And I'm telling you, like, it sounds weird to say this, but my next big thing I'm going to think of on my bike. because. 
Mm-hmm. I, I unintentionally made so much noise in my life yeah. that I find those, that next great thing somehow when I can detach. Yeah. That's fantastic. I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't hear, I don't hear it in the noise. I hear mm-hmm. it. There's something that has to, I have to ride my bike long enough to forget why I'm riding mm-hmm. and I need to zone out and I need mm-hmm. to forget everything else. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 That's yeah, fantastic. It's weird. It's like, I know where the epiphanies live. Yeah. It's just, it takes works to get there. It takes can't. a lot of work. People don't realize how, how much work it takes to get to uncover blind spots. It takes a long time yeah. for a lot of yeah. people. And but- and, and most people for them to get there need, you know, need somebody to help them figure it out because, yeah. you know, somebody else sees the things you don't see in yourself. I, I hired my first, um, like life coach, uh, mm-hmm. after, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years mm-hmm. and, um, it's so weird. I mean, all of that person's doing is just helping me like clean out my garage mm-hmm. in between my ears. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I I think that they were going to come in here and be like, oh my goodness, I've read all of these books. I've done all this training. I've done all this stuff. We're just going to remap your whole life. And they're just like, nope, let me just, let's kill some noise, kill some mm-hmm. noise, get mm-hmm. organized, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Good. It's just so weird. But mm-hmm. if I didn't pay them, I don't think I could get there. Maybe I, I I, You're not going to get any argument out of me. A great yeah. coach is worth everything in the world. Yeah. So, so if somebody were, were getting into your industry now, Chris, what, what's the advice you'd give to them? Yeah. Um, uh, the problem that I have that I wish I could unplug from is I wish I could get super niche focused and, and stay in that niche and know my swim lanes in that niche and be really, really good at marketing for one, solve one really big problem. Right. The temptation in marketing is trying to be all things to all people because mm-hmm. people will always come to you and say, oh, I got this problem. And you're like, well, let me just unplant from everything I know to solve that little problem from you. And then you ever heard like the thing was like, oh, can I get five minutes? Can I get five minutes? Right? Like you ever seen that before? Like in other words, all my employees will just say, hey, can I get five minutes? Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as five minutes, right? It's always 10 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever that is. But every time they take five minutes, it takes me 20 minutes to get back to the focus of where I was at. Sure. You're right. And that's what happens with. That's with, a lot. That's a huge cost. In, in marketing. It's like for a couple bucks, you're willing to derail your vision because it's a couple bucks and you can't turn it down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, unfortunately I know that about myself, but that doesn't mean I've been able to course correct it because there's a, there's a guy with a shiny new company. Mm-hmm. And I fall in love with a little bit. And I, I use that expression a lot. Like in other words, I see a client and I see what's possible and I see very clearly how they could just adjust mm-hmm. their marketing. And I fall mm-hmm. in love with like, oh my gosh, I could totally do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, I know exactly what you mean. And and yeah, that's a that's you know, that's where you need to yeah, where you need to really look at the costs and the the costs and the benefits around that yeah. particular issue. And when I say benefits, by the way, I mean like the benefits that I would be looking for are the benefits or benefits like of being a heroin addict. <laughs> yeah. That's the best analogy I can make. I, I'm right? sure there's some. <laughs> so it's really not a benefit. Like you may feel good, like, it, you know, initially, gosh, you know, I really want to solve that problem, but in the yep. long run, it might be more damaging I, yeah. than, I than mean, staying on your course with where and where your genius is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
I read this book. It's, uh, so my family, uh, my father, my father-in-law's a pastor. My brother-in-law's mm-hmm. a pastor. He's talking about this book. And in the book, the guy was like, oh, you know what? You're living this really good Christian life. But you know what? What you're going to do is you're going to go out and you're going to buy a boat. And when you buy a boat, it's going to be a blessing to your family. And it's going to do all this stuff, right? And you're like, yeah, you're in a boat. You're in a boat. It's like, oh, yeah, but you know what? One weekend a month, you're going to have to basically get the boat clean. Right. Eight hours. <laughs> and then something like that. And then you got to winterize it. And then you got to summarize yeah. it, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the boat, while it started out being awesome, yeah. right? It's now a it's chore. Like now, now it's a chore. You know That's what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I got, I got quotes. <laughs> I got quotes for a swimming pool. My kids are mm-hmm. five and three. Like swimming pool, swimming pool. I hated the quote. It's so much money for a brand new pool. It's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't even seem fathomable. Anyhow, I talked to pool owners and they're like, a lot of positives, mm-hmm. a lot of negatives, all the stuff you're not thinking about with that right. pool. It's, you know what I mean? You're only seeing the positives. That's you know? right. Every That's new it. client that comes yep. in, I see all the positives, but I don't see the negatives. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, oh, you can't be on that podcast because you got to be at that guy's office, you know, or you can't, you can't, all those opportunities, there's these opportunity costs. Yeah. Right. Because you wanted to help this guy out because you felt like oh, that's right. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, did uh, COVID require you like how did COVID, uh, if at all, require you to adjust how you do business? And and um, are there any changes you put in place that are going to become permanent? Yeah. So so COVID helped us out a lot. What I mean by that is, is that from a client base, there's a lot of companies that wanted to be digital. And mm-hmm. they knew they had to go digital. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, once the world said, hey, you can't shake hands, you can't kiss babies, you can't do all of the stuff that you've been doing to sell for all these years, mm-hmm. right? Now they're thinking, well, how are we going to be able to drive that attention? And so they're like, well, we should go into digital. And a lot of people that were very resistant for years basically got on the boat. Awesome. And so our sales were, you know, we're up... Um, we're up 60% over the last two years. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so that's been wonderful for us. Um, we were already virtual. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, so that's, that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's honed our skills on how to win virtually. Mm-hmm. So I built this like my office. Like if you ever go to my website, even fairtech.com, you can see. Yeah. I built this like really cool looking office because I wanted this like Walt Disney marketing experience when you walk in to feel creative and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to win without that because I have a very core, I have a very cool home court advantage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah. And so I, I had to, nobody would come in, <laughs> right. you know, you pay eight, eight grand a month and nobody will come <laughs> to come see it. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? So you, yeah, you just got to, you know, so yeah. I had to win without that advantage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, um, a lot of things, a lot of things, uh, you know, I kind of learned, I enjoyed, um, in the very beginning of the COVID, I thought it was like a blessing because I got more time with my family, Sure, which is wonderful. But I also learned very quickly, I had to be back here because, you know, they, they say like, oh, your kids never leave you alone. I'm like, no, I don't want to leave them alone. You know, they're <laughs> you want to play popcorn. with them all day, don't you? <laughs> yeah, they're in there eating popcorn and watching Frozen again. And I'm like, yeah, well, that could be me. <laughs> yeah, I had to detach from fun and just like, yeah, yeah, yep. Um, but um, yeah, I 
I want the country open again. So, so, so yeah. bad. Well, I think it depends on where you are, uh, whether how open yeah. you, you know, how open you are, you know, where I am in Colorado, you know, my, my County, uh, lifted our mask mandate, I don't know, a few couple weeks back and, you know, there's stores that still have them, but yeah, uh, people are, you know, people, because it, we're spread out where we are, where I am. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, grateful to, to be in an area like that. Um, there, you know, Colorado as a whole, there, there are some hotspots, some areas, but not where I live. That's, so that's the difference, right? You, I'm in a more rural area and the more rural you get, you know, these, you don't really have these issues. They left at our mask mandate last week. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. I went to the gym without a mask and we're all like looking at each other and we were so, it was like a fish out of water experience. We're right. So it's very weird after 14 very months. Weird. Of this. Yeah. It's just very weird. Yeah. See, yeah. Yeah. See, see so, again. <laughs> so, so, right. So Chris, if, if someone listening wanted to, you know, is thinking, this is, you know, I, I have skills that yeah. could be really valuable to Ferrotech. Um, you know, what should they do? Well, reach out, um, you know, info at ferrotech.com, a couple different things. One, okay you know, hired about three to five different people a year on average. Um, and we do, we do internships, um, every semester, you know, uh, the fall semester, uh, spring semester and summer. And so if you're at the college level, like Mm -hmm. take advantage of the internship, you're going to learn more in an internship than you may have learned for four years. Sure. Uh, so that's a big one, but Mm -hmm. if, you know, if you're looking for actual employment, um, you know, um, please reach out. We're hiring all the time and we're always looking for kind of the best and the brightest, which is good. Good. And, and give us the correct spelling of your company's name. So people know how to find it. Yeah, it's info at Farotech, F-A-R-O-T-E-C-H.com. And if you're familiar with the, the movie Boiler Room that I took the name from 20 years ago, don't spell it like that. <laughs> spell it F-A-R-O-T-E-C-H.com. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a movie and people that saw the movie yeah. 20 years ago, they're like, Faratech. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. We stole it from them. Never meant to keep that name. And oh, that's so funny. I know. I know. Well, I needed, Chris, I needed something in a pinch. And yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I got you. <laughs> that's, that's really, that's really fantastic. Well, Chris Carr, uh, president and founder of Ferrotech, headquartered yeah. in Pennsylvania, a digital marketing agency. Thanks so much for being with me. I really appreciate it. And I, and I know my listeners are going to get a lot about, you know, from hearing about your journey and, and where you've been and where you are now. This is great. Well, you're probably about the easiest person to talk to in the world. What do we blast through 50 oh, minutes, gosh. 40 minutes in no time. So this is, I, 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 I appreciate that. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks again. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com 
or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.